Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey y'all, welcome back to a Sunday, July 16th, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Jam-packed show for you guys today. We've got two different shows popping up on this very feed. We've got Atlanta Sports Guys with Garrett Chapman of 99 The Game and 247 Sports. Garrett and I, uh, we did a deep dive into the NFC South um on the atlanta falcons where they sit why they should be or should not be the favorites in the nfc south going into this year uh what Derek carr means for the saints what happens if the falcons have the worst defense in the division once again uh bryce and des being compared to one another for the next several years in the division why everyone thinking the bucks are gonna be the worst team in the division might be a little off base arthur smith being the best coach and all that and more uh, as we do a deep dive in the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons and what uh, they're going to look like in this crowded NFC South. So all that coming up, Garrett Chapman next. Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, don't forget that uh, this very show is live each and every day on this very feed, chasemuspodcast.com for all the information, all the good stuff that you need for this very show New website, new look, new everything. Check it out today, chasethomaspodcast.com. Also, if you are a Apple Podcast or Spotify listener, please, please, please make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and write a review. If you're already a subscriber and you're a listener of this very show and you haven't done so, it would be tremendously helpful as you uh, to help uh, grow this very show and uh, help other people find the show. And all that good stuff. Tell a friend, family member, coworker about the podcast, why you like it, and why you think they would like it too. It would be great. Um, but if you are a first-time listener, guess what? Each and every week, Atlanta Sports Guys, we do this uh, with Garrett Chapman and Max Markovich to talk all things Atlanta sports. Um, and yeah, so if you're the Atlanta Sports Guy is, um, and if you're a first-time listener. Uh, look out for that on this feed each and every week. But we also cover everything on the Chase Thomas Podcast, Sports Renaissance Man, Land Sports Guy, and BFL. 
all the time on this very feed. So check that out today. Make sure you're subscribed on your preferred podcast player if uh, you enjoy what you hear today. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ down there in Atlanta, Georgia, my home area. Garrett Chapman, two four seven Sports, nineteen on the game. Garrett, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, good morning, sir. It's a beautiful day. New background. New background just moved. So we're uh, making moves. And uh, so we're really, really excited about that. But life is good, man. Life is good in the beautiful Peach State. I know. But I'm also excited to see how this evolves around you because you're going to fill up that cabinet behind you for the good folks on YouTube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. He's filling it up. He's, it's a work uh, in progress. It's is that coming. a poop emoji up there? No. What is that? That's, this is a uh, so when I was down in Cancun, oh. I want a little skull. So look behind it. If you put behind the eyes and then the little thing behind oh, it. Oh, I see that. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I won a three point contest in Cancun mm-hmm. <laughs> a few years ago. There you go. Um, but do you see what I'm saying? It. So it works pretty cool. I got all kinds of nicknames, yeah. man. My uh, my little brother works for an airline company or an air, one of those uh, one of the big airlines, and mm. so I'm his flight companion. So we just hop on flights and go places. So we have a uh, we have a lot of fun. So I have a lot of random knickknacks. I've got that's from Dublin. I know I'm looking away from the microphone, so you can't really hear me as well. But I got stuff from Dublin, Costa Rica, Belgium, Scotland, all kinds of fun places. Man, life's good. That's clutch to have a sibling uh, in the in the airline business. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's talked about wanting to move, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's okay. You don't know, no, you're good. <laughs> just Is this the one in Nashville or no? Up, stick it in. Say again? Is oh, this the, the one, one in Atlanta. Atlanta. No, the one in Atlanta. Okay. So my old roommate. There you go. My old He's roommate, right. the brother. Old roommate. Um, so there you go. Well, Garrett Chapman, on this particular program, with the offseason, like we're kind of, I mean, the Braves won again by a billion last night um, against the White Sox uh, and should be another series victory for mm-hmm. the Braves, but um, not a whole lot new there. And then the Hawks were kind of settling in there. My guy Euros popping threes for the Hawks Summer League team, which was great. Love seeing Plavs, um, who will very much not be on the Atlanta Hawks uh, roster, but still showing out for a little bit in the group. And um, we'll see. Uh, we still got some time to figure things out. Uh, the DeJounte Murray extension, we, we'll talk about that uh, more when Max is back. But um, I wanted to specifically talk about the Atlanta Falcons because I'm just seeing a lot we're kind of in that point in mid-July where everything's basically done like D-Hop still out there but mm-hmm. basically everything's done and people are starting to formulate their takes on how the different divisions are going to go and what's common to me is I don't see a lot of people picking the Atlanta Falcons to be the best team in the NFC South which I still feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I think they should be considered the favorites. I think you could make, I, I think it, I, I, that's just where I'm at. I think the Falcons are the favorites, but I think it's fair to actually look to parse through why or why not the Falcons will be better than the Panthers, Bucks, and Saints. Who have you seen the most um, mock to win the, be the best team in the division this year? I feel like it's the feel Panthers. Like- saints consistently mm. uh but the saints only really because and i know we'll get into this a little bit uh but mostly because 
they have a quarterback who the national, I guess on the national scale, they, mm. they, they've seen and believe in. Um, I mean, and, and take it for what you will, but their car is a pretty solid quarterback. And uh, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He's been consistently solid. He, he's like a Kirk Cousins, you know. Um, he may not wow you necessarily, but he'll, you know what you're going to get. And that's not really the same for everybody else in the division. Um, I mean, obviously, Desmond Ritter has been has, received, has been subject to lots of scrutiny, uh, this, especially this offseason, uh, just because people really didn't believe him, don't believe him in him at all. And then Bryce Young, we don't really know what he is yet. You know, I mean, he's a top overall pick. I mean, it was probably the least surprising draft pick uh, back in April. But, you know, he hasn't taken a snap in the NFL yet. So it's mm. hard to really quantify what he's going to be. I, I think he's going to be really good, obviously. And it's not really that hot of a take. He's the number one overall pick. But he hasn't taken a snap. Mm. And then down south in Tampa Bay, like, you really don't know who's going to be taking snaps. Kyle Trask was, like, what, a third second round pick i think or something out of florida and he hasn't really taken any snaps at all we saw him a little bit in the the, the season finale um mm. against the falcons in, in week 18 last year but <clears throat> he looked kind of okay i mean it's hard to really make a a judgment call based off of that sample size and then baker mayfield's on like his fourth team so no i don't really know what to expect from tampa bay i think carolina's gonna be pretty good but New Orleans, New Orleans is I've seen the is, is overwhelmingly the favorite from uh, at least Vegas odds and, and what I've seen just nationally. Yeah, and I wonder too, with New Orleans being <clears throat> the most mocked favorite here, is it just because everyone expects Derek Carr to raise the floor? And you mentioned Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is better than Derek Carr, and I, I think too. no, I do too. I, that's a that's like a, a high end comparison. Kirk Kirk, by the way, gets a lot of hate. And I don't really know why he's a very consistent quarterback. He's a 4,500 yard a year passer. Mm. Good quarterback. I don't understand why he gets all that hate. Derek Carr played in 15 games last year, 24 TDs, 15 picks, passer rating under 85. They were six and nine. I just, I don't really get it because you're going to need a Like, I think a lot is going to have to go right for new Orleans to win this division. And it's a lot of it's in the health department. I just look at this group where Michael Thomas has not been healthy for years now, and yep. you need a lot out of Michael Thomas when you look at this receiver room. You're going to need a healthy, non-suspended Alvin Kamara, um, and we'll see what he looks like every year. The running back's like, I mean, just how much tread does he le have left on those tires? Mm -hmm. And then you obviously, I mean, the Falcons get Ryan Nielsen uh, to run the defense. You just look at this group. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Like they're trending the they're just fighting reality. Like Chris Olave, good pick. I think he'll be a good player. But like uh in the slot right now, is it gonna be Traquan Smith? Is it Rashid uh to Shahid? Like I don't even know who that is. Like this is one of the sneaky, like we all make jokes about like uh the Titans wide receiver room and what they're looking at going into this year. I think you make the case the Saints have one of the worst receivers rooms in football. And I just don't think you can pencil in Michael Thomas anymore. And then mm -hmm. Joe Woods, we'll see what he is as DC this year. And uh, the offense got pretty stagnant last year with Pete Carmichael still running the show post um, Sean Payton. But like, I don't know. We'll see what Trevor Penning looks like at left tackle. We'll see what Ryan Ramsey looks at looks like at the right spot. But like, Jamal Williams, I guess, was a pretty sneaky, interesting signing. He yeah. was good for Detroit last year, so that's some good Kamara insurance. But I don't know. I don't look at this group, and I'm like, man. 
I, uh, I, this is, uh, this is the favorite to me in, uh, the NFC South. I just think they're very top heavy and I don't like their depth at all. I think the only path to a 10 and seven, 11 and five saint season, um, or 11, six now, um, saint season is some immaculate health across the board. And I just, I don't see that. I don't, I don't think they should be in that conversation because I just don't think that's realistic for them. Yeah. And, and, and really I, when I say Derek Carr, I specifically say that because it's the national media's perspective of it. And they look at the quarterback and that's where they start. And that's generally where they stop. Mm. Um, and then outside of that, it's like you have a strong defense. I mean, they're good. They're going to be a top half of the NFL defense. Um, that's where they really have their depth. And I mean, look, that's where Dennis Allen cut his teeth. But with Dennis Allen in charge of this team, I, I don't really have faith that the, the offense is going to be relevant. I mean, Derek mm. Carr, I, I think you said it best. He elevates the floor, but he, he doesn't really take them over the top. Like Alvin Kamara is like a 28 year old running back who may not even play half the season. Yeah. You know, like the, the end is coming for Alvin Kamara sooner rather than later. It's, and that's just, and that's not a knock on Alvin. It's just the fact that he's, you know, aged out. I mean, it happens in the NFL, you take hits and he's been injured quite frequently over the past couple of years. Chris Olave is somebody who I think is going to take a huge step forward in his second year in New Orleans, uh, especially with Derek Carr taking snaps now. So, I mean, if you're a fantasy football savant, go draft Chris Olave. But outside of that, I don't really, really see anything. Mm. You know, like the Saints are fine. Like they're going to be a good team. I think they're, like you said, they're prolonging the inevitable. And I, I think they're going to be a middle of the road sort of team. And that's where they differ, in my opinion, from the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons have finally established depth on defense. I think they're, they have an identity on offense. And that's far more than you can say about the New Orleans Saints, at least on offense. You know, I, I think the Falcons are going to have some versatility. Bijan Robinson's going to – people keep slapping him, slapping him as, a, as a running back. He's not a running back. Mm. He's an offensive weapon who's, who they're going to be able to deploy in any capacity they wish. He's – Mm. Like he's going to be really damn good for them. And then assuming that Kyle Pitts comes back, which I am assuming that Kyle Pitts is going to come back and be healthy. And there's not going to be a lull or a drop off of any kind of coming off the knee injury. Uh, and I'm pretty confident based off of reports. You had him with Drake London and, and you have two big bodied wide receivers. You can effectively go up and, and go get the ball. And yes, I called Drake or Kyle Pitts a wide receiver because that's what he is. Uh, they're big bodied guys and you're going to dominate the red zone and you have Tyler. I mean, look, you got dudes, lots of dudes mm. on offense and you're going to power overpower defenses that have increasingly gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And then on, and you finally have defensive depth. Like you got, you had guys like take Graham who are strong role players, strong depth players, starting football games for you last year. You mm. had rookies across the board, starting football games for you last year. You had like, Gone are the days where you have middling players starting games. And I don't mean that as a knock. It's just the fact that you have top-end talent now because you because you could afford it over the offseason. Mm -hmm. So the, the Falcons are my, are my favorite. They're my favorite. They're not Vegas's favorite. But I think that's just only really because of the quarterback position. The but Honestly, I think the Falcons are going to be just fine. Yeah, and I think too, the Falcons and it's funny, the Falcons and the Saints were actually neck and neck in overall DVOA per football outsiders last year. Yeah. The Falcons were 20th in overall DVOA and the Saints were 19th. However, Saints were 22nd in offensive DVOA. If you watch that team, it was a struggle. 
um, last year. And I don't think they're trending in the right direction. And I think if Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are not healthy or not around, like you could easily mm. see this being another bottom 10, bottom five, potentially offense in football. And that's just not going to win the division. Like you just, you can't do that. And the Falcons are trending up. And I think they were right there neck and neck a year ago. Falcons were uh, the 13th best offense in football uh, last year and the worst defense or the second to worst defense uh, in football. I think the, I, I would be surprised if the Falcons are in that 30th spot once again yeah. on defense. But I also just, generally speaking, gravitate more towards the offenses I believe in than the defenses I believe in in this sport. You look across the board, Cowboys are going to win a lot of games. The Eagles have one of the best offenses in football. They win a lot of games. Chiefs have one of the best offenses. The Bills, you go up and down the list. Offense, I just feel like it's more it's more believable year over year um, to have a good offense year over year. I think defensive-wise, like, yes, the Saints had a top-10 defense last year, but what if that falls off a little bit, too? They're a year older. They're not deep. Um, I don't know. I just, I think the Saints actually have a pretty strong path to being the worst team in the NFC South. Like, a lot of people are picking the Bucs, it seems like, but I'm pretty down on what the Saints are doing, and I think they're still, they should be rebuilding, and they should be just, hey, we had a great run. We came very close to the Super Bowl multiple times. But when Sean Payton left, they should have just been like, yeah. all right, we're doing a full on tear down and start this thing over. Because like, I just, Michael Thomas isn't like, you can only say it so many times. Derek Carr is not going to elevate this group and collection of assets <laughs> to a contender. Like there's no path Dennis to them contention. Yeah. Like Dennis Allen's not elevating That's this That's another group. good point. Like, is he the worst coach in this division? I mean, it's either him or Todd Bowles, Todd but like. Bowles, I'd still say yeah. Todd Bowles, but they have, they're both in the running for it. They're both pretty miserable head coaches by just looking at their track records. I mean, yeah. when you lose Sean Payton, you you lose, you lose a brilliant, brilliant offensive mind for as mm. much as I don't like him very much, but he's a great offensive mind. He's a great mm. coach And Denver. Got a, a, a very good coach in, in uh, Sean Payton. Dennis Allen's not that. And, and he's a defensive guy and it's like, he struggled consistently mm. uh, and he had talent on the on the roster last year and he wasn't able to elevate it effectively so i i think we'll see more of the same i i don't really know what they're doing i think they're mickey loomis and company are just trying to they've got they're on life support i think mm-hmm. at this point and they're just sort of like prolonging the the the, the, the cycle or this like whatever it is i mean like they're just keeping it kicking the can down the road on it and i don't really know why yeah i just it's gonna get ugly i think the bottom falls out at some point and i could see it falling out this year um this is something I'm, this is a Falcons question. Would it matter if the Falcons had the worst, like now, like when you're forecasting where the Falcons will end up finishing in the NFC South this year? Because I was thinking about this and it kind of speaks to what I saw with the Falcons DVOA and just what we've seen the last two years under Dean Pease. Like, would it matter? How much would it change your perspective? If I could tell you, I looked in the crystal ball and the Falcons have one of the worst defenses in football once again. How much does that change your calculus on where you think the Falcons are going to be this year? What with with Team P's moving on? What no? With like what they can actually be? Would they still be a division winning favorite if they have one of the worst defenses in football? Would the offense be good enough where I just you can still sneak your way into nine and eight, ten and seven, even with one of the worst defenses, but the offense is maybe top five, top seven, somewhere around there? Um, would that be enough? If they have a top five offense in the NFL next year, they're making the playoffs. Period. Mm. But the defense would have to be pretty miserable, but I don't, I don't really think that that's going to be the case this year. I really mm. don't. I mean, I think I've said in, in one of our previous podcasts, I mean, it's, 
I could see this defense getting up into at the low end, the bottom 20, it's like 20 to 24. If they can get to that range, I think they'll they're making the playoffs. I, I think they'll be a good team. Uh, if they get into the middle ground, like if they get into like the fifteen to eighteen range, they're absolutely making the playoffs, in my opinion. Just because I, I think they, Ryan Nielsen's a first year defensive coordinator, and I think our full time like like sole defensive coordinator. I think that's one of the more undersung storylines of the of this off season is that you got a new defensive coordinator and he's coming in and he's. Um, they're kind of keeping some continuity with the, the New Orleans strain, I guess, coming over there from uh from out west. But mm-hmm. if he is as advertised, I think this this defense is going to be pretty strong. Um, plus, they, with the influx of talent and and investment that we've seen, like with Jesse Bates and uh, guys like that, Jeff Okuda, may, may adding him uh, via trade. I, I think the middle of the road, I think, is perfectly acceptable. Um, because I think the offense is going to control the football. And I think that's really going to help this defense a lot. Uh, and then having depth is going to matter too. You have guys, you keep guys fresh and that's just not something that this team had very much of you. It was just Grady Jarrett on the defensive line and just good luck. Uh, I mean, there's a reason they had what 18 sacks or that last year. And then they had what 20 some odd sacks over the, over the course of two seasons or mm. 30, 40 sacks. I mean, that's unacceptable. And I think they'll, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say that they're going to come out and get 40 sacks, 40 to 50 sacks next year, but 30 to 30 to 40, I think is perfectly in that range. Uh, I think on the low end, uh, but if the defense is strong, if the defense is middling, I think we'll be fine. I just <clears throat> like you, you look at the comparisons here and mm-hmm. San Francisco had the best defense in football last year, Dallas at number two. Um, and you look at this New England right there that kept their season alive. Buffalo top five jets didn't make the playoffs. They're in the top five, uh, Philadelphia six. They made the playoffs, uh, Baltimore. Uh, did they make it? Did Baltimore end up? Make it? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Baltimore made it. Um, wild card team, like, New Orleans like. didn't make it. Washington didn't make it. Denver didn't make it. But then you look at on offense and where they were Kansas city. San Francisco, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Detroit, the outlier here, Cincinnati, Miami, Packers, Giants, Jags, Baltimore. Offense wins. Offense just, it's almost impossible not to make the playoffs if you have a top 10, top 11 offense. But you almost are guaranteed to get in with a passing offense in that frame. And I think that's probably the other part of this. If you knew the Falcons were not one of the best passing offenses in football. And like you can have an efficient, strong passing offense, even if you're like run first, like you saw it with um, even Philadelphia and San Francisco this past year, like San Francisco is probably the best example here of what you can do in terms of being effective and being efficient, even being a defense or run first team. Like they were the number two overall offense and they were third. San Francisco Mm -hmm. was third in passing offense last year in the NFL didn't feel like it because they ran the ball and they did everything else. But I think there is a path and I think that is going to be an under talked about point of emphasis for this Falcons team. I'm curious where they end up efficiency through the air because I don't think they're going to struggle to run the football. What I'm wondering is if Drake London, Kyle Pitts and enough receivers take that next step where Desmond Ritter, he doesn't have to be a top 10 quarterback in the league, but he needs to be one of the, I think he needs to be in that 15 to 17 range um in the league to compound 
the top 10 running game. And I think then you're really cooking with something in a really good offense. Yeah. And I think we saw flashes of what Desmond Ritter is going to be next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's not going to come out and throw for 350, 400 yards. And I think that's okay. Um, If he gets into, like, if we're talking season totals, if he can get up to the 4,000 yard mark, Mm -hmm. I'd be very, very happy with that. I'm more looking at the, the interception totals. Mm. If he keeps his interceptions under under five, that's brilliant. But I'm expecting him to keep it under 10. Yeah. Uh, if he can get up to – if he can throw for 25, 30 touchdowns, I think that's great. I'm expecting him to get into like the 20 to 25, 4,000-ish yards, probably a hair under that. That's my expectation. That's 225 yards per game. Mm. That's doable. And if you yeah. do that and then you add in 150 yards, 200 yards on the ground – that's 400 yards of total offense in a game. You're winning football games if you're if you're averaging 400 yards of total offense. And I think that's one of those things. It, it, it's it's something that it's a cohesive offense. And people, Arthur Smith talked about this uh, right after the draft, and it was, I think it was on a podcast or something, something of, of something like that. Mm. But people see teams do things one way, and they think that that's the way that the NFL does it: throwing the football, air raid killing the game like that through the, through the year. And they think that's the only way you can win in the NFL. A lot of different ways, a lot of different ways. And there, and you could win uh, through, you went through the air. You can win on the ground. We've seen done with the, the Tennessee Titans. We saw it last year with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles mm. and you run, those are run first teams, but they still throw the ball effectively. And I think that's an important thing, but more importantly, they're efficient when they throw the ball. And I think Desmond Ritter, we saw him get better as the season went on, at least through his four games. Uh, but the efficiency was always pretty much there. Mm. He wasn't making bad mistakes. He had the one interception that was called back. I guess he was step- the, the Saints player who stepped out of bounds or whatever when he caught the ball. But that had been one interception. Mm. And I'd like to see a little bit more scoring. He only had the two touchdowns. But, you know, that's okay. I can live with that. Um, he's efficient. He's not making mistakes. And they're running the ball. And he kept us in football games. I mean, the Falcons last year, a lot of people forget this team played in a number of one score games. I think it was like total was like 10 or 11 one score games. And the record was okay. Um, But I think that is where they're going to take the biggest, biggest step forward next year. Um, I'm I'm taking a lot of their losses. I think if they had nine, they had seven and nine. I think seven of those losses were one score games, something Mm -hmm. of the like. And if they take that next step where they play New Orleans week one last year and they don't fumble the snap, you mm. know, like little things like that. And I think having Desmond Ritter under center and having a, a strong identity on offense, those mistakes aren't going to happen. And those and that it's very quick how those things turn over and change. Uh, but Desmond Ritter, I think he's going to be efficient with the football. And I think that's really the catalyst for this offense. That's fair. On the flip side, Bryce Young we're going to have two vets, Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr, under center, it looks like, opening week for the NFC South teams. And then we're going to have... Dez is not a rookie, but he's kind of a rookie. He's he got a couple games under his belt last year at yeah. the end, but like still really raw, still kind of coming into that same kind of uh, situation. Does it matter if Bryce is better than Desmond Ritter as a rookie to you? Define better. Statistically... Flash. Statistically, he flashes more, higher upside right away, and oh, he has a better really season a as a rookie. Comparison. I'm not gonna. Bryce Young was the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah. 
I, I can't re- – I mean, then again, Baker Mayfield was too. But Baker Mayfield, when he was a rookie, flashed him unbelievable upside. We saw well, the reason happened. I bring it up too is I think these two mm-hmm. are going to be compared to each other for years, the next several years here in the NFC South. Because I oh, think yeah, they're both play these... each other constantly. And, like, yeah, they're, and I think they're, they're both going to be under center for the, the respective teams for the next couple of years, I assume. They played each other in the playoff, mm-hmm. if you remember. Like Cincinnati, Alabama, a year ago. Like they've gone head-to-head. I think these two are going to be locked and compared and like this is going to be the NFC – quarterback battle for the next several years is these two mm-hmm. and i think carolina did a very good job this offseason they had i'd say they had one of the more unheralded off seasons outside of i mean outside of atlanta who i think had a strong offseason just in general mm-hmm. but um what they get dj chark adam thielen hayden mm-hmm. hurst uh added miles sanders from philly miles sanders like mm-hmm. These guys and Frank Good Reich, draft. who I think Frank Reich's a, a yeah. strong offensive coach, is great at developing a quarterback. They had a great offseason and they gave him yeah. weapons. They gave him consistency on the outside. Like these aren't mm-hmm. guys like Adam Thielen's not going to blow the top off. I think they were paid for him personally, but you get a consistent safety valve with Adam Jonathan Thielen Mingo too. Good draft Sorry? in the second round. Oh yeah, but Barcadis Mingo from uh, from Ole Miss. I mean, look, look. Yeah. Or not Ole Miss. He was uh, LSU. No, he's Ole Miss. Was he Ole Miss? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, but they've got two different guys. Mingo was the edge character. guy. Jonathan Mingo's Ole Miss. Yeah. That's right. Mm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but they went out and got some some safety valves for for their young mm. quarterback, and I think that that is a really important thing. And I think Desmond mm. has sort of that here in Atlanta, um, but they just weren't ahead of this offseason. They were already on this team. So the Panthers are going to be one of the more interesting teams, I think, because the defense is pretty damn good. Mm. Like it's going to be top half of the NFL. I mean, I think it's kind of seeping into that top 10 territory. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's there yet. I, I don't know where they finished last year. Just off the top of my head, I think they were like 11, 12, 13 range or something like mm-hmm. that. And you add a Bryce Young, and a Bryce Young pops immediately. The Carolina Panthers could be pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, because I think you've guys on the outside who are a little injury prone. Heaton Hurst is, eh, he's okay. A lot of those guys haven't realized their potential fully uh, outside of maybe a couple years of flash outside of Adam Thielen. But look, I think these guys could be pretty good. The offensive yeah. line is much better. They gave up the 11th fewest sacks last year. Um, and the experience of Frank Reich is, is something that's really valuable. Uh, he was he's a super, super bowl winning coach, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think the, the Panthers could be very good, but uh, to compare Bryce young though, in year one to what Desmond Ritter is going to be, I, I don't know if that's fair to either guy uh, Bryce young or Desmond Ritter. I'll start there. Ha- he had a full off season, mm-hmm. you know, that offseason is extremely valuable. That one season, even if even if he's sitting on the bench, he's still learning the offense. He's still getting comfortable, learning how how to be a pro, you know? And then this offseason, he's officially the guy for the last – he's been officially the guy for the last eight months, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's very valuable to his development. Bryce Young doesn't have that. He just doesn't. And he didn't really know where he was going to go until draft day. Effectively, I mean, if you probably knew a little bit before that, but if we're being honest, but I don't know, it was, like, like, it was a good smoke really screen for sure. Right now. Sorry, it was a good smoke screen. Like, people were still like, up until, <clears> like, <throat> is it Bryce? Is it CJ? It got or Anthony Richardson, they're intrigued by his potential. And it was like, I bet, he, right, playbook. Yeah. I bet he was studying that playbook back in March. Yeah, I bet he was, but you know what? Here we are. But Bryce Young, I think, is going to be a very good young quarterback. We'll see. Mm-hmm. He's still going to have that rookie curve that Desmond Ritter won't fully have because uh, Desmond Ritter's year senior. And I think that year in the NFL matters a great deal, especially at the quarterback position. 
Does it worry you at all that everyone has kind of latched onto the Bucks are going to be awful bandwagon? Well, I mean, like we started this conversation talking about quarterbacks and you lost the greatest one of all time. Mm. So, no, not really. The offensive line didn't get better. Uh, Tom Brady is gone. I think the, your weapons are aging. Um, your defense is pretty good. But that's not like we talked about when you're talking about the Saints. That's not going to be enough to get you over the top. Yeah. Um, more depth though than the Saints. It does have more depth. It does have more depth. Um, but losing Tom Brady is mm. a tremendous loss. It really is. I think the Buccaneers can be, they could, they're, they're going to surprise some teams. They're going to be bad, but at the same time, they're, they're going to jump up and bite someone eventually. And they're one of those teams. It's like, you just can't sleepwalk through that game. They're going to, they're going to play a lot of close football games. Mm. I just don't know if Baker Mayfield or, or Kyle Trask is going to be enough to, to, really keep the offense going i don't know what their identity is on offense i really don't i have no idea well what's sneaky dave canales is their new oc and he was the qb mm -hmm. coach last year in seattle and <clears throat> gino had that career year come yeah. from like just an all-time great year and you're kind of latching on is baker gonna have that same kind of jump the problem with that is like gino's got the arm gino's bigger gino's just yeah. better than what we've seen from baker to this point that being said, he still installed an offense and worked with a quarterback who was left for dead uh, in this league. Looked like he was going to be a backup for the remainder of his NFL career. Now he gets paid, and now he's is just completely rejuvenated in the Northwest. Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, like this is it probably. This is his last shot of probably being a starter and proving that he can be a starter long term yeah. in this league. So he is a lot riding on this year, chip on his shoulder, that sort of thing. I just look Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage is one of the better. Uh, three-man wide receiver units and football if still if they play like that's really good like that's still really solid um by and large tristan mm -hmm. Wirfs still one of the best left tackles in football that will help um a lot running game will probably suck but i look at the defense like they just have dudes everywhere like the linebacking core still is joe tyron devin white levante david and shaq barrett like that's so good jamal jamel dean's still a really good player carlson davis is still a really good player anton winfield still like i think the defense is still going to be somewhere in the, around yeah. the top 10 um, and then if you get a little bit, I just, I see a much stronger path to the saints being awful than the bucks being awful. I think I'm more in the, I don't think the bucks are winning the division, but if you were to tell me the bucks finished seven and 10, eight, and nine, something like that, I would buy that more. I think they're going to be a game or two back of the, the top, of the NFC South all season long. I'm not going to agree there necessarily. <clears throat> I think the, um, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I know it's more difficult than that of the uh, the Falcons or, or the or anybody else in the division. <clears throat> I think the they are more a concern for me that the bottom will just fall out. Mm. When you have a guy like Baker or Kyle, and a guy who I just don't believe in in Kyle Trask, I mean, for fair or not. Oh, their schedule is brutal, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no, they, they have a much I think this brutal. is easily the worst schedule in the NFC South. Oh, no, they it's definitely get, the worst, comparatively. Like, they go to Minnesota right away, Chicago at home, Philly at home, at New Orleans, possible. Detroit at home, who was really good, and they should be good, Falcons at Buffalo. Yeah, no, dude, I'm telling you. San Francisco. That is such a brutal Ooh. start. They will not recover from that. Ooh. They won't recover from that. And Baker Mayfield has to prove it early. He has mm. to prove it early. And... If he doesn't, then there are going to be question marks that, that, that start swirling 
And it's not that they're going to be a bad football team per se. And, and that's, and that kind of goes to my point. They're going to be in a lot of those football games because that defense mm-hmm. is good enough to keep them in football games. But I don't trust Baker Mayfield to make the right decision with the football. I just mm-hmm. don't because of just everything we've seen. He's going to get kind of gun happy and he's going to throw a, a, a couple game ending interceptions. And then all of a sudden the media is going to be down his throat. And I think that's very relevant. If, if they get off to a hot start against that schedule, then I completely agree. They're going to be a contender in this NFC South. If they start one and four, one and five, two and two and six, done. Hmm. Nail in the coffin. I, cause they just don't have the, I, I just don't, I don't believe in the head coach. I don't believe in the quarterback. I don't believe in the offensive line. I don't know who's running the football. They've got a great wide receiver core. Like you said, but it's injury prone. Defense is good, but that's not enough to win. That's not enough to win you football games in the NFL in 2023. So that's fair. They could be a good team, and they will beat some teams. They'll beat some teams. Like if they go out and 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 beat the Lions, and the Lions end up winning the NFC NFC North, that wouldn't surprise me. Mm. They, I I could see them causing some trouble in the NFC South, winning five six games and being in most of your losses. I can see that for sure. But winning, no, I don't see that. That's fair. Um, final question. The best reason why Atlanta, in your estimation, is better than everyone else in the NFC South right now. What would be your best pitch? Sales Arthur pitch Smith. as to why. Okay. Arthur Smith is, I, I believe, the best coach in the NFC South. That goes with Frank Reich. That goes with everybody else. I think he's the best coach. Um, I think the team has an identity. I think the team knows what they're doing. And... Terry Fontenot is also a, the front office is, has been strong. And I think this is a big prove it year. I think this is a major step forward. And I think this is the year that we truly learn what Arthur Smith is about, because we've seen him win with the Island of misfit toys. Mm. What does he do when he has an actual arsenal that he can deploy on yeah. Sundays? What do we see from him when he actually, now that he's actually able to do it, you know, and he's got the weapons. Go do something with it. I mean, you were top ten, top fifteen in scoring. You're one of the better, better offenses in in the NFL last year with, I don't know, a, a patch fit offensive line that ended up being pretty damn good. Did, does the offensive line get better in 2023? I think we're going to learn a lot. And I think if the season goes the way I expect it to, then Arthur Smith is going to be. He was already 26th in the quarter, the coach rankings or something. Mm. That I saw of a CBS mid, or just a travesty, and I think he's going to skyrocket, skyrocket up those rankings here in this next next year or two. Uh, but now that he actually has an offense and a defense that's competent, and uh, they had an investment that was made, and I want to see what they can do. But overall, Arthur Smith is the reason that I have confidence in this Falcons organization moving forward. I like that. And I think you make the case he's the best coach in the NFC South right now. Mm-hmm. That matters. Frank Reich had a great season in, in Philly as the offensive coordinator, but as a head coach, I can't really say the same. He's been pretty good, but he's fallen short of expectations. I mean, you, you had strong quarterback play or t- better quarterbacks, I guess, than the, the Falcons have had any time during the Arthur Smith tenure. And that goes back to Matt Ryan, who, wasn't really a Matt Ryan. He's been an aging Matt Ryan by the time uh, Arthur Smith got here. Uh, Arthur Smith's done more with less. So until Frank Reich shows me something else as a head coach, then I'm going to give it to Arthur Smith. 
That's fair. I like it. Garrett Chapman, what can the good folks check out from you over at 247 Sports and 99 The Game this week? Got shows all weekend, but then we're up at SEC Media Days all next week. So uh, In my country over here. Yes, sir. Be up in Nashville, up in the uh, the Volunteer State. So it'll be yeah. a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. SEC Media Days is probably one of my favorite events of the year for more reasons than one. It kicks off the it, – it's really, in my opinion, the official start of football season. Mm. Uh, it gets me really juiced and excited and I uh, love college football. So we're back in it very soon. So I'll yeah. be up staying with my, my brother and get to hang out with my niece a little bit too. And I'm really excited about that. So it's going to be a great week. Great week. There you go. I love it. Garrett Chapman, always a pleasure. And I will talk to you next week. You sure. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.